Anyway, we're excited you're here. And this, this series starts or is based on a book from Mark Batterson uh, entitled Circle Maker. And it's, just, it's born from a story about a first century man, uh, first century B.C. before Christ, not an actual biblical event. This is uh, documented in the book of Josephus and others, where the people of Israel were facing a generation-ending drought. And this guy, his name was Honey, he went out in his front yard, if you will, it, you know, drew a circle in the sand and got on his knees and said, you know, king of the world, you know, God, creator of heaven and earth, I am not leaving this circle until you rain down your blessings and your mercy upon your people. And he stayed in that circle until it rained. Um, and that is a different way of praying. We typically pray for things. You know, some of us, our prayer life consists of praying for a better parking space at the grocery store or Target or TJ Maxx or wherever. And, uh, you know, we'll pray for somebody. We'll pray for this. We'll pray for that. Um, Few of us have this level of intentionality in our prayer where we're, we're drawing a circle around ourselves and saying, God, I'm not leaving this circle until you accomplish this in my child's life, in my business, in my college efforts. I'm not leaving. I and mean, we, we really don't pray like that. In part one, uh, Eric uh, opened us up and, and it started with, uh, what do you want from me? And basically that's the title of it. And it comes from a, a verse where Jesus asked the blind man, the blind man stopping him. And Jesus asked him, what do you want from me? And, and really, the, what Jesus is saying, and what we saw in that in that ser- in that uh, presentation, was God's really asking us the reverse question, which is, we really need to be seeking God for what He wants for our lives, what His will is for our lives. And, and when we talk about circle making, is what we're calling it, where you draw a circle. There's nothing magical about the circle. It really is. I mean, you could use a highlighter. If you're from the '80s, you can get the neon green. It's good. You can, you know, highlight. It's it, the concept is this is the focus. This is a focus prayer. And uh, anyway, Eric did a great job, and he, he talked to us about, you know, drawing prayer circles starts with discerning what God wants and what God wills. In part two, um, I talked about a, a dreaming big. You know, so once you understand what God wants, and God gives you a big dream, a big dream really is a dream that that needs a miracle to occur. You know, it's it's not praying that, you know, you'll get married and have kids. It's you're married and the doctor says you can't. Now you've got a big dream because you've hit the edge of this is impossible. Right. And what I talked about is this. Is God loves that because once you reach that threshold of impossible, you're standing on the edge. When you take the step in, you are stepping into God's country, into where God works because God starts at impossible. He says, that's my thing. And God wants to show up and show off. Right? I mean, there's so many things in my life. I talked about those things of how God came through in a big way, shocking ways, because it was impossible. And uh, a big dream is a dream that requires a miracle. And we need to pray through. And uh, the, the next thing is to pray hard. Uh, Eric talked to us about the persistent quotient. Praying hard is praying through. And if we will pray through, 
God will come through. And basically praying hard, what he's talking about is we need to persist in our prayers. A lot of times we give up. You know, I, you know, I prayed. I have a story. You know, this guy and his wife, she was coming to Bible study. He wouldn't come, you know. And so I started praying for him. I was leading the Bible study. And uh, I, was, I started praying that he would come, but he still wasn't coming. Um, I started fasting and praying that he would come. You know, and I, really what I thought is, I'm never going to eat again. This guy's not coming, you know. And, uh, and, I, and I, at some point I said, well, God, it's in your hands, I guess. I don't know. And I quit praying, you know. And their marriage ended in divorce a few years later, and I still feel guilty about that. Somehow I didn't pray through. I didn't pray hard. And pray through. And if we will pray through, we will see God come through. And uh, Eric did a great job with that last week. Um, so check that out on the podcast or grab the CD as you leave. Today I'm going to talk about think long. And when I say think long, uh, if you if you trade stocks, you know what think long is. Um, think long is is basically there are some stocks you buy up front, uh, and you you have them for a short time and you sell them. Because they're going to make their money in a short term, and then they may or may not make it. So you buy them short for a short term. Um, some stocks you buy long, like IBM is a stock you would buy long. I'm going to buy this, I'm going to own this, and when I'm 80, I'll give it to my kids. I mean, you just it's a long-term purchase. And so when I talk about think long in the context of circle making, so for me, this is how, this is how I could describe think long. And thinking long term, what that looks like in a, in a practical way. And it's simply this. It's adding this phrase to whatever sentence, whatever plan you're making, whatever thing is going on in your life. You add this short phrase, which is not just. Not just. Right? So I'm not just going to start my own business. Thinking long says... I'm going to build this business to be a leader in this community. I'm not just going to start a business so that I can have money so I can get a a big truck and a boat. I'm going to build this business so that I can give it to my kids. I'm not just going to look at colleges and, you know, like at their mascot and their colors, I'm going to look at what their grad programs are. Does it even fit what I'm doing? I'm not just going to think about praying for my future spouse and just saying, you know, Lord, please let them be cute. You know, I'm going to think about, do they, do they fit me? You know, we're not just going to, I'm not just going to ask um, what their favorite music is. I'm going to ask them what their life goals are. Right? When we think long, a lot of us, you know, you've heard this phrase, right? What's your five-year plan? A lot of us have a five-year plan that's 10 years old. And we just don't think long. We don't think long-term. And what can happen to us is that we, we end up in places we didn't intend to be because we really weren't thinking long. You know, that time when we were on our way to get in trouble on purpose, we weren't thinking long in that moment, right? We ended up in places where we didn't intend to be. And it could be a really bad situation. It could be fine. D.L. Moody said this. He said, our greatest fear should not be the fear of failure. 
but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. So the first thing for me today is to get you to just think long, to get the concept of, hey, we need to think long. Uh, I found this uh, example. It's actually in the book um, for thinking long. Okay, and this to me is like this is truly thinking long. Okay, there uh, I titled it "Oak Trees on an Island." Okay, in 1980, the Swedish Navy received a letter from the Forestry Department telling them that their ship lumber, the lumber to build ships out of, was ready. And they're like. We don't really build ships out of lumber anymore, you know. I mean, what is this? So they did some investigation, historical investigation, to try and find out what was going on, and this was it. It was discovered that in 1829, okay, this is think long. That's 151 years prior. The Swedish parliament at that time recognized that it takes oak trees 150 years to mature, anticipating a shortage of lumber around the turn of the 21st century, they ordered that 20,000 oak trees be planted on this island and protected for the Navy. That is think long. I mean, none of those guys in Parliament, they're not even alive today. They weren't alive in 1980 to see this come to fruition. I can, I can remember many times my mother praying for her grandchildren to the 10th generation, she would say. That is think long. And what I want to talk to you, now that we understand think long, I want to talk to you about a think long prayer strategy. We've talked about dream big. We talked about pray hard. Now we need to, to talk about think, thinking long term and having a think long prayer strategy. So now I'm not just praying that my child gets into college. I'm praying that they're successful, they get into the grad programs that they need, and that they are secure in the Lord for the rest of their life. They have financial security, not just, Lord, just please let them get accepted to the right call. No, no, no. Think long is saying, is I'm going to draw a circle around this event that we have trying to find a college for my child, and I'm going to pray that God will do more than just get them into the right college, that they'll get in, that they'll stay there, that they'll graduate, that they'll walk in the business that God has for them and in the plans that God has for them. It's not just that my child gets an A on his third grade math test. It's that he graduates high school with honors. It's not just that I could get my business going and, and off the ground, but that my business will put me in the position of being a leader in the community and I will be able to speak Christ. I will be able to glorify the name of God in this city. Right? That's pray long. Right? Think long as a prayer strategy. Right? You can, Business, college, your spouse. You know, some of you are, you know, you're single and young and you're thinking about, gosh, it'd be great, you know, to finally meet that person that God has for me. You need to not just pray that you meet them, that it actually, you know, you marry and that you actually have a successful marriage 
that you guys are fit together for what God has for you? You know, when I look at Eric and sincerity, you know, they were high school sweethearts, right? Matt, sweet tarts, yeah. She's the tart. He's the sweet, I guess. No? <laughs> that was funny right there. Yeah. Okay. These two, they met in high school. They got married. No, but you got ma- No, you didn't get married in high school. I didn't say that. They met in high school. Then they got married after they graduated high school. And she wasn't pregnant and nothing was bad. It was a good thing. Did I cover everything? Okay. I forgot what I was even saying. These two are knit perfectly together for what God has for them. You know, Eric, I don't know if you were thinking long when you were thinking all that stuff, but I'll bet your parents were. And I'll bet that they were praying for you too and praying for each of you that you would have the spouse you needed for what God had for you. That's think long as a prayer strategy. And I want to talk about Daniel. Uh, Daniel is a, a prophet in the Bible uh, it's in the first part of the Bible. You can read the story. Uh, I encourage you to read the story. Uh, you know, read the book of Daniel. Some amazing events, amazing things happened in Daniel's life. But one of the things is they were in a place where uh, a Daniel, I should say, Daniel lived in Jerusalem. They were they were brought into captivity by the king of Babylon, and things were bad. And all of that stuff that goes on with being a slave and being in captive and all that stuff. But, but Daniel found favor quite often and really because he gave his everything to God. And in this story, you may have heard of Daniel in the lion's den. And uh, it's, this is the precursor to when Daniel ends up in the lion's den. And basically it's this in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Um, it says, now when Daniel learned about the decree, which means the decree was you, you can't pray except for to the, to the king. And Daniel had this habit of prayer. And Daniel, in this prayer, we'll see, has a think long strategy to prayer. Because what Daniel would do is he would go to his room three times, a committed Three times a day, he would open the window that faced out toward his home city, Jerusalem, and he would pray. And what he was praying is that God would restore Jerusalem. God would bring the people out of captivity and restore them back to Jerusalem, restore the nation of Israel. Knowing full well, he would pray this prayer, knowing full well that this would not occur in his lifetime. But he was thinking long. And so, regardless of whether, I mean, he didn't give up. He didn't quit. He did everything he needed to do, even at the risk of his own life, knowing that if he prayed this, he would end up being fed to the lions. He was going to pray because he was going to honor God. And, and it says right there, it says, he got down on his knees and prayed. And I want to tell you something about a think-long prayer strategy. It really requires you to be on your knees. Because being on your knees shows dependence on God. Because trust me, this, this requires a miracle. Right? The king of Babylon is not going to give up all these slaves he just captured and all this stuff. He's not, I mean, he's like, right on, we won. Right? So 
This requires God to intervene. And by Daniel being on his knees, his posture says, I'm acknowledging that this requires a miracle. This requires you to get involved and, Lord, for you to show up and show off. And God, please do this thing. And I'm going to be here every day, three times a day, God, for the rest of my life. Because I know this won't be fulfilled in my lifetime. That's think long. That's a think long prayer strategy. He he knelt and prayed for the restoration of Jerusalem. He prayed that it would take place. He prayed with urgency, even though it was far, far off. He prayed knowing that it would not happen in his lifetime. He prayed like it depended on God. I don't know, for those of you who are parents in this room, you know that your kids following God depends on God. You have, we have a role to play. And we play it to the, to the best of our ability. But really, God's got to intervene. And, and what I've learned, because I had little kids, is that I get to pray for them for the rest of my life. Sometimes that's a joy, and sometimes it's not. You know, because I'm like, I know you said you were going to, but I just got off the phone with them. And they don't seem to know what you know. Did you talk to them before you talked to me? God's faithful. My mom prayed for my sister for, for 25, almost 30 years that she would come back to the Lord. And she did. Because my mom was thinking long. She was thinking long. I'm going to pray for this child for the rest of its life. For the rest of their life. So praying long can be uh, long and boring. I need to warn you, give you a warning. It can be long and boring. It can be long and challenging. Long and difficult. Long and hard. Long and I don't want to do this anymore. What else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Who else can we turn to? God alone has the ability in the realm of impossible. God alone has the ability to intervene. Right? So we need to keep circling. Right? Keep circling. Pray through. Because if you pray through, God can come through. God will come through. Right? You know, just a funny story. I was... I went, Eric invited me to his indoor soccer game, and I was trying, okay, I'm going to video some of, you know, maybe I'll get something good, right? No lie. I'm not kidding. So I've got probably 10 short videos of nothing, people running around and bumping into each other and the ball going out of bounds. So I said to myself, I'm missing the game because I'm watching my screen, so I'm probably not going to get anything anyways, so I'm going to stop recording no lie okay i turned it off i put the phone down eric is running in front of me this guy passed the ball eric's coming down the left side and he you know he kicks with his left foot this bend it like beckham shot into the upper corner of the goal and scores the first goal of the game yay right i'm looking at my phone going you idiot you know I didn't stay with it long enough. I mean, that's a short thing, you know. I didn't stay with it long enough. 
And it was a good game. I mean, you, you lost. Yeah. It was seven to three. I mean, you get the first half was so good, you know. But I'm, I was just thinking maybe you didn't pray through the second half. I could probably use that as a sermon illustration sometime. Yeah. So uh, it's so fun to have the microphone. So truly, truly, I want to encourage you and tell you that you, we need to, you need to pray long. And it, it's going to be long and boring, and you just need to understand that, and you just need to do it. And my, my, my challenge to, do, to you today, one of my challenges is to think about this from the context of, isn't there something in your life that you care about enough to adopt a think-long prayer strategy? Isn't there something? If you're a parent, yeah, you've got kids, Right? If you're, you're in business, you, you own a business. If you work, you work for the state, you work for some office, some, you know, there's, there's huge opportunity for you in those spaces because competence is our calling card. You know, when we demonstrate competence of what we do work-wise, when we start talking about Jesus, we start talking about Christ, people will listen. Like, Oh, well, I respect him, even though I didn't realize he was one of those weirdo Christian people, but evidently maybe he's not one of those. He might just be a real one. I don't know. They'll listen because confidence is our calling card. So there's an opportunity there for us, right? So your kids, your wife, your business, your future spouse, your future kids, this country, the return of Christ, you know, your personal success, your life direction, you, you. Isn't there something that you care about enough to adopt a think-long prayer strategy? And this is the thing to, to encourage you, to, to challenge you, is that it comes from a place of understanding why you pray. We need to understand why. We know what we're praying for. We don't always think about why we're praying. And the outcome, the impact to our prayers, especially our long-term prayers, has everything to do with understanding why we're praying and hanging on to that. I want to show you this short video that talks about the difference between what and why. I want you to consider why.
in or towards your purpose. Amazing, right? Just amazing the difference. And uh, and when we talk about think long, praying long, that strategy of prayer, this is it makes a huge difference when you know why. When you know why you're praying, I want to close with this story, and then our challenge. And uh, this is this is a story about a guy named Rodney Gypsy Smith, and. Rodney was, uh, he's basically the Billy Graham of the late 1800s, early 1900s. Traveled across the Atlantic, back and forth, born in London, you know, poor, all that stuff. And he just had a huge ministry, 45 times, spoke to millions of people, that kind of thing. Huge impact. And people asked him, they said, you know, why, you know, what did you do? You know, students who were coming into the ministry, what did you do? You know, what did you do to, to get to be able to have this kind of impact, that to have God be so present in everything you're doing and, and uh, people saved and, and that whole thing? And, and basically what Rodney said was this. He said, go home, lock yourself in your room, kneel down, kneel down in the middle of the floor and with a piece of chalk, chalk draw a circle around yourself and there on your knees pray fervently and brokenly that God would start a revival within this chalk circle. Start a revival within this chalk circle. Wouldn't you know it? Today we brought a bunch of chalk just happened right I think the kindergartners left them or I don't know where they came from although they're all nicely neatly wrapped so they don't get chalk dust in your purse someone was thoughtful like that and my challenge is that you would consider this you know go home take this piece of chalk we're going to pass them out Eric, you want to pass out some chalk? Take this piece of chalk home. If you have carpet in your bedroom, find a different room. Okay? I mean, you can try it, but some tile would be good. Draw a circle around yourself and ask God to begin a revival within you. Because you know why. Right? You know why? It's so that you can have the incredible impact that you wish you could have on the lives of people around you. I'm going to use this chalk and I'm going to, I'm going to do this circle. I'm going to do it for myself. Because I can't ask you to do something I'm not willing to do. You know, the other thing is my, my wife got all of this chalkboard paint. She painted, like, tons of stuff in the house. We write notes on all kinds of stuff. Our kitchen table has chalkboard paint on it. And I'm going to take pictures of my kids, and I'm going to draw circles around them with this chalk. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask God to start a revival within those chalk circles. Yeah.
I might even use this chalk at work. My challenge to you is to use this piece of chalk to draw some chalk circles. To ask God to begin a revival in you. The second thing is I really want to encourage you to adopt this, adopt a long, a pray long, a think long prayer strategy. Where you realize that, you know, you live day to day. Yeah, your five year plan is 10 years old and you really need to consider your future and what you're praying for long term and that you make an appointment with God daily, three times a week, whatever it is. You say, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet you on this issue. I'm gonna, this is my prayer circle. I'm going to come into this prayer circle every day for an hour, God, until you fulfill this request. Because, Lord, you put this thing on my heart. It's now a big dream. I'm going to pray hard so that you can come through. You guys up for it? Y'all have chalk. It's got chalk. You can't throw it away because that would be wasteful. <laughs> I know somebody. They won't throw anything away. Oh, mom. So, I've talked a lot about this from a Christian's perspective. I just want to take a minute or two here to say... To, to, if you're here and you don't know know Jesus, you're not really sure about this whole Christian thing, and I just want you to know I can't redefine Christianity for you. I can say that there's a lot of things out there in the public about how Christians are that is not us. It's not a real true Christian. I mean, the whole red cup thing would be a great example. Um, they still sold Christmas plant. I mean, come on. I don't know what the guy was complaining about. It's ridiculous. But that's not us. That's not me. I'm not that guy. And you may be unsure about whether you want to, you know, I don't know if I want to be one of them or not. I'm here today to encourage you, don't miss Jesus. Don't miss the opportunity to be forgiven of all this stuff that you're holding on to, all that stuff in you. You know, God doesn't require us to come perfect. We don't have to be perfect when we come to Jesus, right? It's just an opportunity to be his. We don't have to be perfect. We just need to be his. And today I want to give you an opportunity to accept Christ as we, you know, bring Jesus into your life. Begin this relationship with God. Because Jesus is alive. His spirit is alive. He's alive. He rose. We're going to celebrate that soon. And you can have an experience where you talk to God, talk to Jesus about things in your life, and he says, yeah, I'm going to take care of that. Yeah, I've got that. Trust me. Take a risk. And if you want that today, this is your opportunity. So if we could just bow our heads just for privacy for those around us. And if you are interested in giving your life to Christ, You want that opportunity. If you'll just raise your hand. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And prayer is just talking to God. And this is just an opportunity for you to get right. 
what we, you know, get right with him is what we say. Basically, begin this relationship with him. He goes like this. If you'll just everybody pray with me. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. And I ask you to take care of all the, all, all the things I've done wrong. Forgive me of those things. Lord Jesus, I, I invite you into my heart of hearts. Make yourself real to me. Allow me to enjoy a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.